What is up, you beautiful bastards? It's your boy Spotlight, aka Rabbi Can't Lose, aka Noah Kagan. This is another Noah's Ark episode where we take a business, dissect it, give it a bunch of actionable advice, and we all get to learn together what the hell happens afterwards. It's kind of like we're all building IKEA furniture together. In today's episode, I talked to Ammon of 180light.com. That's O-N-E-80-L-I-G-H-T.com. He wanted to work on content marketing for growing his business, but we ended up talking and planning everything but that. So if you've ever wanted to learn how do you actually grow your e-commerce business, dealing with getting ripped off by Amazon, and how to bounce back, you're going to love this episode. In this conversation, you'll enjoy three major things. Numero uno, doubling down on one unexpected sales channel. Number two, what do you do when people straight up copy your business? And number three, how to prioritize and stay accountable with everything going on in your company. Enjoy those three things, plus a bunch more surprises along the way. Before we jump in the conversation, go use kingsumo.com. It's a free tool to grow your email list with viral giveaways. We built it. We love it. We use it. Kingsumo.com. It's free. Check it out. Also, a special pre-show shout out. That's a tongue twister. To listener Jordan T. Paris from the US of A. He left a review saying, happy longtime listener. Thank you so much, Jordan. You should leave a review on iTunes. I read every single one and I'll call you out in a future episode. So I'm here with Ammon. Ackman, Corey, Arve <laughs> from 180light.com. We're doing Noah's Ark business case studies where we hopefully don't fuck up your business, but we talk about what things are going on. We're going to give you actionable things to go do. You're going to go do them and then we'll find out how it works. I'm in. This show is sponsored. We're going to have it be sponsored by Zest Tea. I just make up sponsors. It's basically highly caffeinated tea that tastes awesome. So check okay. out zesttea.com. Sweet. I just made up that as a sponsor. Those guys are just <laughs> dope and, I, and they give us some free tea. Let's just walk through the back. Yeah, so I'm, I look, I'm open. You can't, they can't see us. I know. Which well, is good. It's better they can't see us. Two bald guys in a room. <laughs> open it a little back. So there was hundreds of applicants and he submitted this headlamp and it's a 360 headlamp. 180. So it's 180 degrees. So yeah, I don't know if you want me to get into the backstory at all. No, but, not the super long, but the But short. essentially it's this. You get a spotlight with a regular headlamp. This gives you peripheral. You have no peripheral when you have a headlamp on. So walk us through the background. What was the story about how you created a, um, a 180 headlamp? It sounds like something I'd see at Shark Tank. Have you applied for Shark Tank? I have not applied for Shark Tank. The short of the story is it was kind of an accident. I had a business partner that I've actually since bought out but it was kind of an accident we were looking at lights for vehicles and we were just messing with some different leds and he kind of threw it on his head and was like wow this is this is totally different it's way better than what you typically get and it took us two years to kind of go through and develop and actually make it look like a real light and work but i'm gonna wear it the whole time during the conversation i'm just wearing a flashing light on my head which is not blinding me so it's cool no all right so let's take a step back where's your day job i started as a teacher actually believe it or not came out as a middle school history teacher I did that on for a couple of years and I ended up, I was just doing random stuff, honestly, and was doing private label stuff on Amazon. And this is how this came about. You're just basically finding products where there's a niche, you're private labeling your own version of that product, selling on Amazon. Give me like a real example. Okay. Some of the stuff. Or the weirder one. The weirdest. Some weird one. Silicone for treadmills. Sold silicone for treadmills for three years. So basically it's just a little spray bottle with a very specific type of silicone that is used under a treadmill to ensure that it's lubricated. How do you figure out that product niche? Because I think what once sometimes when I hear drop shippers or I hear yeah. affiliates or I hear these type of white labeling products, you never really know what product, they won't share the product, they won't share like something. Exactly, I, I totally agree. So how did you find that product? Just honestly, just Amazon, just every day, just kind of searching and then seeing that like, oh, there, there's this random stumble across thing. I was in exercise equipment and then treadmills and treadmill keys, which is another one, little magnets. Came across that niche, found that there was one person selling this silicone and I found a company that produced it 
bought like how do you find that company like google yeah okay searching around how much did you buy five gallon barrel of it shipped it to my house and just like manually filled these little four ounce bottles did you send it to amazon for them to fulfill Mm -hmm. or did you fulfill from home everything was fba so everything was sent to them just then it falls under the prime yeah the prime label yeah exactly and then what were the economics like give me like how the business do it was okay i mean it was never amazing i never came across like the jackpot product that you know made a lot of money i it just never worked out for me that well. I, I had at one time probably 10 different products, which is not a lot. A lot of people just get tons. And that's the thing. It's like a scale, right? They need to get, it's just a ton quantity thing. They just, is kind of the main goal behind a lot of that. And I just never really found anything I loved. And honestly, I always wanted to do something that I made better, but I was always afraid to like dive into the process because I didn't know how, right? Like I see a headlamp. It could be better if... But how do you get there? Like, how do you, it's one thing to contact a manufacturer and say, put my label on what you're already making, but it's very different to go, okay, here's this product. Now I want you to do this, 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 and this. I had no idea, right? How much money did you make at peak? And then like, what was the profit? The very best thing that there was this little bracket that would, have you ever heard of TRX straps? Yeah. Okay. So a little bracket that you hook your TRX straps to. At the very best time, that one product, I think, was selling around $8,000 a week. A week? That's pretty good. And yeah. what was your margin? Probably about 30%. Dude, 2400 a week? Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. Here's the downside. After about a month of that, like Someone it, it ramped you. up over time. That's where we peaked at, right? It ramped up. And then, and this is the downside to private labeling and Amazon is we got shut down. We being there's another partner in this with me. and Because uh, TRX shut you down? I don't know who. They don't tell you. Dude, listen to the TRX interview on uh, How I Built This. Okay. So they had talk, I think it was on that or another show. That the TRX founder says, we aggressively look for copycats. I thought it was going to be more if someone else started private labeling that as well. I think that's what it is, honestly. I don't think it was TRX. I think it was somebody else in that that same exact, they found it. They were like, hey, there's money to be made here. Yeah. The hard thing about, I know on Amazon side is they're getting stuff all the time. Like, hey, this person's copying me because of competition, because they're just a saturated marketplace. And how do you decipher who's telling the truth, who's not? Then there's backup material of like, well, send me your manufacturer's invoice and so on and so forth. Ultimately, they shut down the the product. So, so did you go into teaching to just pay yourself, or did you keep? Did you start this one eighty light while you were doing these other products? I went into teaching for safety's sake. Truthfully, halfway through college, I totally changed to education because I knew that after I graduated, I'd have a job, it'd be safe. I mean, I think that was growing up. That was the thing that was slammed into my head from day one. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, do something, but I, I had this like my dad, I guess, in the back of my mind, going like safety, safety. And I was married when I was 21 years old. So, and a kid at 22, yes. Nice, it's still together. Yeah, 17 years, man. So, hell yeah. Yeah. I was talking with my parents last night. They're visiting in town and we were talking about jobs that they would have discouraged me from doing. I thought my parents would not let me be a teacher. It doesn't make enough money. Yeah. And like, you know, my parents are very, you know, Jewish and like, oh, you gotta, like, my dad and stepdad's an engineer. My mom's a nurse. My biological daughter had, had his own copier business. And my parents like, no, you could be a teacher. I was like, really? I could have been a teacher all along. Uh, I think the only jobs we weren't okay with was like police. So mm-hmm. it's something where the likelihood of death like is higher. safety factors. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that my mom w- was a nurse and she hated being a nurse. She doesn't mind if others are nurse, but she was a, a, she didn't like doing that. Yeah. Let's jump into this because we have 40 minutes-ish to talk about the 180 light. So you got to make in this one. It took two years to make. Yeah. 
most of that was like no debt. Like I, we didn't want to take on debt. Didn't want to go and try to even find an investor to help fund it. So it was like little by little, the private label stuff, we just pump a little bit of money every month into it. And you and like your business partner. Mm-hmm. And then so how long did it take from idea to actually selling your first one? Almost exactly two years, maybe just over two years. And so you found a manufacturer in China or locally? So originally what we did actually, it was, and this was honestly, I don't know that it was strategic at first, but long-term strategic is that we found four different manufacturers to do each component separately. And there's a couple things that that worked for us in the long run is that it made it harder to copy because you can't go to one manufacturer and go, hey, this person's already making this. I'll buy this many of them with my label, you know. So we had four different, someone was doing the LED stuff, person doing the batteries, someone doing the um, the headbands, and then there was a final like packaging material stuff. And so we just have four different manufacturers and then we compiled and put everything together. Before we got to Amazon, we actually did a Kickstarter. So this is, we stopped and did not do Amazon anything okay. for this. We did a Kickstarter. It had the Kickstarter launch too. Kickstarter, we did 157,000. Wow. Yeah. I Pretty mean, good. It, it was amazing. I was, I was just shocked. I, I mean, I felt like- How good did you feel? Amazing. You did all I this mean, fucking Amazon shit that was like, you know, you're selling yeah, it was all right. treadmill lubricant. <laughs> <laughs> that's where you right? tell your kid, like your dad sold treadmill. And treadmill lubricant. keys. I own that. No. Yeah, that's your yeah, favorite. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous, right? And then and, finally and you created your own child of, of business. Yeah, exactly. And, and it was, I mean, it was, I had looked into Kickstarter for years and, you know, and thought that it seemed so cool. In fact, contacted them one time and they said, listen, if you don't have a large market of people or, you know, a backing, the chances of success are like, little to none, which, you know, is super discouraging. Going into this, I didn't have. I mean, I got 300 Facebook friends. I mean, my my network is not great. It's not that it's not great. It's just that you live a, a normal life. It's not that there's a better or worse, like... Just different. Yeah, like my brother's a doctor. He, I don't know, made probably like a few hundred friends on these different things. He doesn't try to blog. He doesn't post mm-hmm. on Instagram. He doesn't yeah. do YouTube. Yeah. You know, I think he has his own aspirations. And so he's created his own type of life and business uh, within the medical world. And so I think that's great. Just different though, right? Totally. And it's just different approaching that Kickstarter world coming from that perspective. What was the one or two things to get those sales? What do you think was the one or two kind of uh, things that worked well? I think one thing that really helped is it's unique. If you look at a picture at it, it's different and it's catchy. And one of the things that I think that worked really well for us is um, just luck is that I I ran some ads to check what picture would work well for the thumbnail Mm. Kickstarter. And I think ultimately we had all picked this one picture. We thought, oh, this is the greatest picture. And we ran, I don't know, four or five ads just to kind of see with different pictures. It was the worst picture. Like nobody clicked on that ad. Not one person clicked on that ad. The picture that we thought was like, I don't know, mid-grade just killed it. It was like 95% of the clicks, that one picture. So I think having a good picture, having a product that you look at that's like, oh, that's kind of unique. It sparks attention. And uh, in a world where it's a bunch of early adopters, they're like, oh, I've never seen that. I'm interested. I was thinking about this yesterday because we're putting out a podcast tomorrow, one of these Noah's Ark of Business. Yeah. And it's guy Taylor, who is a consultant and he wants to do a side project and he's not making any money, but his day job, he makes like six figures. And I was like, well, can you just make more there? Yeah. The thing that's interesting, I think related to your picture and other people's projects and, and my businesses and my projects, we spend all the time creating the book or creating the product or creating the podcast. But almost the most important thing is that picture or that title. Yeah. So the title for his was originally like, how does Taylor start a business? Noah's Ark basically. It's like, I don't want to listen to that. Yeah. And so we changed the title to Taylor doesn't want to quit his job. To your point, though, which is a great reminder, it's like when you've worked really hard on your product, maybe spend a little more time on the name, spend a little more time on the title of your email subject line or blog post or maybe the image. I think that's a great reminder from you. Let's jump ahead because we have 40 minutes to get some meaty changes uh, going things. on 180 Light. So you got it going on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Where's revenue today and where does it come from? All right, I'm going to go through 2018 just because I had a shift in manufacturers that kind of messed up this year from what it probably or hopefully would have been. 
2018 total gross revenue was just over 200,000. Awesome. Congrats. Thank you. I feel like people are like, like, oh, I'm, I'm making 200. It's like, dude, that's fucking from zero. Like, no, no, no. You know, it's amazing. Yeah, good no, for you, I man. Feel, honestly, I look back to these past few years and I have a lot of moments where I just stop and just feel like incredible gratitude. And I see pictures from back when we were doing uh, the pop up on social media from Kickstarter. And it's kind of cliche to say this, but it's a super humbling experience. I mean, it really is to see numbers like that from a middle school teacher, you know, that a couple years earlier. So I, I feel really grateful. Good for you, man. All right. So you made 200 in, in twenty two. Where did that come from? Okay. So 45% of that was from Amazon. 40 of that was just web sales straight from our website. And then wholesale was 15 percent of that so that's okay. you know that'd be like a couple small mom and pop shop the retailers stock uh-huh. the zari stock you guys no none no big name um no, this is all just really small and then what's the margins on those three different categories i mean it's give or take it's right around 20 25 percent from our website that's i mean that's pretty much everything the cost we are we are right around i don't know if you want to know that I, dude, yeah it? Hold on, you didn't finish it though. So your website, okay. you did 40% or 40%, yeah. And then what's your margin on that? The only thing we're, we're doing is, is the cost of the good and then the shipping price. So, so what, roughly $3 for shipping and then cost is about $13. And how much is that? It's 80? 50. 50. Mm-hmm. Hold on, so I'm confused though. Amazon is 20%. They take 20% plus you have to pay for the item. Yes. So your item's $13 out of 50? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Correct. And there's probably honestly a little bit more than that because you end up spending some money to get the product into Amazon. So there's some shipping costs. So it's probably all said and done, probably closer to 30% to be realistic. So Amazon drives 50% of your business, but they take their 20% plus the 50% cost you. Mm-hmm. Your thing was $16, right? $3 for shipping, $13 for the item mm-hmm. out of the 50 bucks plus the 20%. So I'm thinking they take around, you make 50% with them? Like, do you have any idea? That is roughly what it it's is. It's around 50. Mm-hmm. And then with your own website, you make around 75%? Correct. Yep. Would you rather sell on your website or sell on Amazon? I mean, I'd rather sell on my website. And I'll tell you, the biggest reason is being able to control the experience of the customer more. So when you sell through Amazon, it's great because they do the shipping, they take returns, but you don't, you cannot email a customer directly through Amazon. They protect those customers because they're their customers. They're Amazon's customers. They're not not my customers. So if I send them an email, it goes encrypted through the Amazon system to them. I never see an email address. I never see anything. It all goes and filters through that. And then with the wholesale, you said it's, I guess it's like 15%. They basically get 50% off the retail price, but they they pay off shipping. So they pay 25 bucks for them. Mm -hmm. And then do you have to pay to ship it to them? They pay for shipping. So you get 50% on those. Yes. Okay. The wholesale right now, do they come to you or do you go to them? Honestly, I think it's still stuff from uh, Kickstarter and stuff that people have sought us out. And, Who are know. the wholesale people that buy from you? There's a distributor that um, in Japan that I sell to, um, one in Sweden. There's a couple of running shops, one in California, one in uh, Arizona, okay. one in Alaska. I think one thing that that leads into is like, who's the ideal customer to be buying these 180 heads? Because like, if you think about like, there's Black Diamond, like I'm a Boy Scout, right? And I love camping. Yeah. So like, I'm like, I never even thought of a 180 headlight. Yeah. So who's the customers? I know in your email, you're emailing like police officers potentially or, yeah. okay, or so, runners. So one thing that initially the market that we intended to sell to was like the outdoors enthusiasts, rock climbers, hikers. But I think as a side effect, some of the people that have, have started to show a lot of interest are runners because you can run with this light without it bouncing. If you've ever run with a headlamp or, I mean, there's all sorts of different running lights, lights that strap to your shoes, lights that you hold with your hand. One thing with all of those is that as you run, it's a beam that's bouncing all over the place. 
this light, the way it distributes light, it doesn't bounce. Anyway, so side effect, we've had a lot of runners show a lot of interest recently. And then also people that are in fields like HVAC, you know, they're up in attics or electricians that are maybe under a house trying to fix something that you need peripheral vision and you're in a tight space. That's a, a market that we just like has come as a side effect, I feel like. If you could only serve one of them, who would you serve? I still think I would stay with the outdoor market. And here's my theory on or my reason for that, I guess. Somebody who buys a headlamp for, let's say they're a, a mechanic, they'll walk into an REI or an outdoorsy store to buy a headlamp. But an outdoorsy hiker is not going to walk into a store to buy a mechanic's light. Another thing is a hunting category. We have not really gone after hunters. And if we start targeting hunters, I don't know, it's almost like people in the outdoor market get excluded from that for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. And I've talked to hunters about this and they're like, that's exactly right. Like a hunter will walk in again to use REI, but you're not going to get a rock climber walk into like a sportsman warehouse to buy in a hunting section for something. Let me ask you. So I just searched your thing 180 light on Amazon. And now there's like, there's another product that looks identical for 15 bucks. Right. What's the story with that? It's a copy <laughs> that's there. And it's just, I, I purchased it. It's, it's just a much cheaper runs off double A batteries and just a super stripped down, cheap, cheap version of it. Didn't yours patent pending? It is. So the first patent was rejected for it compared to some other stuff. So it's been resubmitted. It's a long process to get a patent essentially is what it is so at this point a provisional patent i don't have any like leverage so did these people straight copy you mm -hmm. i mean i don't know where else they would get the idea I, we were on amazon before anybody else it didn't exist anywhere else and there's so two they're allowed to yeah there's two of them they're just allowed to make the same exact product how do you deal with this produce a better product because i have no legal place right now to do anything huh i'm still baffled so you invented this new fucking headlamp they just knocked yours off and then charge you're 50 and they're 15 if I didn't know you, I would just buy theirs. Sure. And they have more good ratings than you. I feel like there's more to this. I mean, it's just a cheap light. You could buy it. I mean, it's not waterproof. It's a AA battery. So you're going to get the light's not going to be as strong as what the lithium battery will provide. So you're going to be also replacing your batteries frequently. Just the quality of everything, the headband, the on-off switches will break easy. I mean, I, I mean, ultimately, in the end of the day, it's like almost anything else in the world, right? You can buy a GoPro or you can buy the knockoff GoPro. There's going to be pros and cons to both. How are you not more angry? I'm angry for you. <laughs> I was angry, believe me, but my anger has passed and I've just like embraced the reality of what it is because there's only so much you can do. And at this point, I mean, just create a better product, create a better experience, you know, for customers and stuff. Down to the images are almost copied. Yeah, they copied exactly. your images. Man, um, Sorry, I'm pissed off. Like really annoying. <laughs> Likewise, but mine was a year and a half ago when they first came out with it. So they copied you a year and a half ago? First one came out a year and it was March of 2000. Well, because now these Herkins people have yeah, copied. They were the first ones actually to copy, but it's a higher priced one. So yeah, I actually just got product back on Amazon that should be in inventory next week. What do you mean you guys weren't on? So that goes to the story of the manufacturer. I had to switch manufacturers because the manufacturer I was working with, all sorts of problems with batteries. I had to pull everything from Amazon in the end of December, which is the worst time of year to have to do that. And uh, just barely now getting product back on there, which sucks because that was almost half of revenue last year you know everybody gets copied right whenever someone's like oh competition i always think about restaurants like yeah you live in new Brunsfeld, i live in austin how many like mexican restaurants do you guys have a bunch yeah right and so then you have to think about well what is the distinguishing thing about my restaurant and so there's always going to be competition i think for me what's confusing though is you basically said here's a specific dish of light that i'm going to invent and they literally have made the exact same dish used the same images and their title is actually better than yours Based on my like observation sure. going to the thing. Yeah. So how do you compete? Because me as a customer, your title is 180 headlight, rechargeable LED headlight, full peripheral illumination transforms this. Theirs is 
ultra low profile, durable elastic had been camping, hunting, runners, hiking, outdoors, fishing, 210 elimination. Yours only 180. I got 210. I got an extra 30 on you. Which you can't see behind your head, so that's not super effective, but yeah. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> and they're in stock too. Yeah. See, and that's honestly, ultimately, that's the biggest thing, right? I, I can't do anything. It doesn't matter how great or bad the title is if I don't have product, which has been a problem. What else can we do to fuck them over or for you to win more? A better title, better bullet points, better images. I mean, that's ultimately like the, on Amazon, that's what you can do. Can't they just copy their change? The, they can. And they can change their images. They can. There's two questions they're still asking. Yeah. Maybe picking a, a more specific audience, but you're saying it's outdoors people, which even that might be too broad. Yeah. So number one, I think there's something there on the type of customer. The second thing I want to, you know, if you listen to the Museum Hack episode yeah. was what's the goal for you this year for you? A big goal was to stabilize manufacturing, which I feel like I've done. And I've already put in my next order, which is in process. So I will not run out like I did last time. I feel confident with the manufacturer I've got, which is basically I haven't had for three years since the very beginning. It's been very choppy and very hit and miss. Quality has been bad. The next thing is to systematize everything better. Like speaking of the last podcast with the museum hacks, yeah. I need to be better at having my numbers and knowing and goals. And I didn't do that. I haven't done that. Well, let's do it now. What's so amazing to me about that is it's so obvious and I don't know why I didn't do it. Why do you think you haven't done it? I think there's a part of me that is almost like afraid of success a little bit because I was set in life to take this simple job, just work those years and be done. So it's almost like this mental thing that I'm still trying to overcome. And now that I've stumbled across this thing that, that is done well, it's almost like I'm, I've pulled way back. I mean, like, I'm good. Even though I don't want to be good. I want to be better and I want it to improve because I think there's potential there for, you know, improvement, self-sabotage in some degree of that. And I'm sure that's fairly common among people, at least I would assume. No, just you. Psychological <laughs> problems. Just my psychological You're issues. You're the only <laughs> one out of 7 billion <laughs> that, have those that, that, that has doubts, you know, and worries about things. It's just you, man. So... With, with this product, it sounds like the the number one thing is deciding where you want to be by the end of the year. As far as numbers go and things like that? It doesn't like that. have to be a number. I think the way that I've always looked at it is just wherever you're going in life, you need some some idea of a destination. Yeah. And then you need to figure out, well, what's my route to get there? Yeah. A lot of people when they create businesses, it's that they want a certain amount of income a month. Yeah. So that they don't have to work for anyone. That's what I want. I don't want to work for anyone. Right. I don't want anyone working for me. Right. Are you making as much as you want to be making? I would like to make more. How much I would do you like need to make a month or would you want to make a month? I would like to, I mean, this is a, this is not like a this year goal. I would like to gross a million dollars in a year just because it's in a million dollar number. Sounds good. I just sounds, there's something about that. I wrote this on my wall years ago as I was teaching. I actually went into my closet and I wrote it with a magic, like a permanent marker. I need to make a million dollars in one year. And I had, I mean, I was making 32,000 teaching, yeah. you know, middle school at the time. My wife thought I was crazy. Why are you writing it on our closet wall? But I was like, I don't know. I just had to get it out there. And that's where I decided to do it. You know, what's funny too. It's the million number is very arbitrary, but it just sounds good. I have made mills. Yeah. But the thing that's crazy about one, I still drive a Miata. I also have a Tesla, but I have a Miata. I live in like, my house is like a crack house, dude. Like, it, you know, because <laughs> that's, a, I mean, I guess I would like a nicer house one day. But the point is that you don't get awards. There's no stickers, but there's something to have some achievement. So last year you did 200. If you, based on how you're currently doing, where would you be at the end of this year? I would like to hit 400. And I had a really, really slow start. So I am only at 86,000 up to this point. But okay. again, that is like zero sales on Amazon and thus so, far. And that means you've made 40K for yourself? Yep. It's pretty fucking good, dude. No, it's great. What is your current plan for the rest of the year? To really push Amazon is a big one. What we were talking about, how to do that, I have outsourced some like copy writing to like improve the, not only the title, but some of those bullet points and to try to really maximize and effectively put those out there. Images, get better images. 
there are two markets that I'm going to push that are different than that current headlamp is the running market because I have a belt that nobody really has. So it's a belt lamp that really works well for runners. Instead of having it on their head, it's lower to the ground, easier. And then also helmet headlamp, which is it's a bigger headband and it's non-slip. So it works for like hard hats or okay. if like someone's got a bike helmet. You put it on a bike helmet, it won't slide off. You're gonna do a helmet and then a belt with these types of lights. I already got them. And you already got them and you're selling them already? Yep. But I just have never pushed them. It was totally a side thing. How much it, of your revenue comes from them versus the headlamp? Not much, but it's a growing. That's why I was saying like, I, we kind of threw these in as like a side thing. A guy, uh, I can't even remember where this came from. Anyway, he was like, I have a hard hat. I would like to get it on there. This is a little small. Is there anything you can do? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I had a hundred or so produced that were bigger and they were like lined with this non-slip and just threw it on the website to see. And they sold and I actually ran out. That's just, again, a market that I hadn't considered or thought much about. It's pretty interesting. 40% of your sales come from your website. How are people finding you on your website? I literally run no ads, which is not necessarily a good thing. I did run, I hired somebody in March of 2018 and I ran, had them run ads they were just google and i had a i mean not a huge budget 300 bucks a month or something like that. what was so like what was the keyword like what am i searching see and that's the hard thing about what we found is that when somebody searches like led headlamp or the rechargeable headlamp it was things like that you're talking about a saturated market of big dog people that there's In no fishing? way which market i mean from what i recall we were just searching i mean those specific general keywords which is kind of a ridiculous field of competition Dude. The other thing that's troubling with that is that even if for some reason, let's say they stumbled across the website through an ad, most people, when they're looking for a headlamp and they see something like this, it defies what's common, right? So they look at it and they're like, no, that's not what I want because I want a headlamp as they envision a headlamp to be. This is totally different. And they go, no. And so there was a lot of just bounce basically. If you had to pick your website or Amazon to sell on, you'd, sell, you'd double your website? I would double my website. Okay. But I also understand that Amazon is safer, and that's why most people go to that. Yeah. I started thinking about the Yeti coolers, you know, mm-hmm. Yeti coolers. Yeah. But then basically Arctic Crit copied them, mm-hmm. and then even Bucky's. Yep. You see that Bucky's totally, copied yeah. them? Yeah, we live right by but the But the Bucky's. thing is, like, yeah. I still bought a Yeti one because there's some level of a brand. Mm-hmm. You haven't really done that as much, it seems. Maybe it has, and I don't, I don't really realize it. I am a little concerned about you launching new products when you still have a core product that is your, it seems to be your flagship. It's made 200 Gs versus already moving on to another one. You know, I was listening to a thing about Allbirds. They had one shoe for almost two years, hundreds of millions of revenue only on one shoe and maybe one or two colors. I don't think they had very many. So what I'm wondering on is that it sounds like number one, finalizing a goal for the year. You need to know what your destination looks like. If it's a million, I think going from 200 to a million this year, it's not unreasonable. But I think maybe you try to get to like the 400 this year and then a million next year is totally doable. I don't know how many people are buying lights in the world. That's a whole nother question. But I think there's a lot of people that fish or hunt or, you know, can. There are a lot of people buying lights. Lights are ridiculously popular. I don't know what it is about. I mean, that's another reason I think the Kickstarter did well. People love lights. Let's just say that it's 400,000 this year. I guess, what is some of your thoughts about how to organize or you can do marketing wise to get to that level? Amazon is a big focus. Okay, so it is Amazon. Because we just said, you just said you want to do the website. I, I would prefer. I know that people have gone to my the website and then go to Amazon to then search and buy. Because even if on our website and we try to, I've tried to do this is say, free returns, 60 days, you know, take it back. It's got a warranty. Try to create the same experience that you'd get on Amazon. I mean, I get it. If I was going to go buy a product, I'm going to go to Amazon because I know I can return it if I don't like it. It's safer. I just have to face reality there. So you just let it just happen on your website and happen on Amazon and just miracles happen? Pretty much thus far, which is 
kind of ridiculous. I, and I understand that. Like when you drove here to this office, did you just like kind of take random streets and hope you got here? <laughs> you know what the crazy thing is? No. In fact, I looked up the parking before I got here. And yeah. par- I mean, I, I hate here to early. just show up. Yeah. Is there something maybe to learn from that in terms of your business? Yeah, totally. So I think what it is, is there needs to be a little bit more control and then more, you know, destination and route planning in your business. Deliberate decisions. and Yeah. Yes. And so I think the question for me, like, I don't know Amazon well enough, but how do you compete with them on Amazon, that other company? Because if you change your title and your pictures, it seems like they can just copy that. Yeah. So I think I would try to research more of this or anything else. And then also pricing. I don't know how that compares because they're 15 and you're 50. Right. But are they not waterproof? What do you have that's distinct? Probably the biggest difference is that. And then like the battery. Is it just longer battery life? You're not going to get the same kind of light production with just a AA, AAA battery. It's just not going to produce the same as a, a lithium rechargeable battery. There's a lot of things you can do. So I'm trying to figure out how the best way to organize it. Number one, I guess I would email the customers and ask them what they use it for so that you can start honing in the marketing around a specific customer or specific use case. So you have an email. How many people are on your email list? Uh, About 5,000. How often are you emailing them? Not at all. I've sent probably four emails. What happens to a garden when you don't water it? It dries up and dies. And that's exactly what's probably happening. Like when your wife emails you, how often does your wife talk to you? More than uh, four times every three years. Yeah. Yeah, And then you open and respond to every (laughs) single one. (laughs) That's true. No matter what. No, it's true. And so I think there's a bunch of things that I'm excited about for your headlamp. So number one, it sounds like you've got to clarify your goal for the end of the year and then put that fucking everywhere. So for instance, I'm showing you that you're here in our office, like my laptop, I have my goals for the year. I see this every fucking day. I look at it every day. It's part of my checklist to look at my yearly goals every day. So number one, I think you just have to get clarity. I think your million target is awesome, man. I love it. I think you got to get, so I was talking with Suave Shoes. Uh, they've been on uh, the show and Suave Shoes had one shoe and, I, and she's like, let's make new shoes. And I was like, you have one shoe that's really great. Why don't you try to get as many people as possible to, to buy that before you even worry about another product extension? Yeah. But number one, let's start with the destination. So the 400,000, I think that's totally reasonable. You don't want to make a goal that you're going to get it anyways, because then it's not a goal. Right. It's just like a natural way of life. The question then is like, what do you need to do to get to that goal? I can think of a few things. Maybe let's come up with it together. I think the audience, if you're listening, if you had a triple your business, what is it? So a hundred, you had a four extra business in six months. So what are some of the things that we can do each month to do that? I could use email a little bit better. Are you on Shopify or what are you on? It's actually through Weebly is the website. All right. So let's just try list a few of the things that you're not doing whatsoever. So number one, you could email your audience like, hey, here's a light. You don't have to give discounts. I think a lot of people have this conception. See, and I think that's probably where I landed. I'm like, I'm not going to give discounts. Then don't give a discount. But you also could give a discount. It's not to say you can't. Right, right, right. What's really common in e-commerce, so with sumo.com, we're working with like thousands of e-commerce people and we're starting to do a lot more, especially with email marketing stuff. Having like a 10% off for joining the newsletter, I think you guys do that. Yeah. Stuff like that is not bad. Yeah. That's actually really common practice. Try 20%. That's actually supposedly the sweet spot. Hmm. Not more than that, but not less than that. So 20% okay. off your first order. What I recommend at a minimum is two emails a week for e-commerce. One email is a generally a, a product email. Like here's a use case of the product. Here's something from Instagram. The other email is just content. It doesn't have to be anything related to selling. It could be like, hey, here's like cool outdoor stories of the week. Here's cool fishing of the week. Here's cool like, you know, we went to Walmart this week, whatever you guys did. You got to, you know, start momentum. So if anything, just try to aim for one a week. With OK Dork and our podcast, David and I, it's like every Tuesday, was it 2 p.m. now? We look at the calendar. We're like, what, e- what day are we sending emails? What day are we putting out the show? And you just need to make it consistent. So I would definitely start email. Who are you sending emails through? SendFox. You're using SendFox? Fuck yeah. Do you have an autoresponder? I just moved everything to SendFox. Dude. So I haven't used it yet. But now I'm liking you even more. What's actually really fascinating with e-commerce companies, and I don't want to spend the whole time on, on email marketing, but I think this is like literally stupid low-hanging fruit for you. 
50% of your email marketing should come from not broadcast emails. Meaning, you know, in like Sinfox, you can create a new email. Mm-hmm. The automations ones that when people sign up, it's like, hey, here's your discount. Hey, you didn't buy. Here's three things that are cool. Hey, then here's like another thing that might be interesting for you to go buy it. You want basically, in my mind, 50% of your revenue to come automatically in email. Okay. 50% will come from like, hey, it's July 4th. Hey, it's Father's Day. We're doing that a lot at Sumo with people. We're helping with the email marketing. It's like different promo themes. So set up more automations. And then what you'll start doing is you'll see which one of these automations are driving your sales. And then you could start moving those up in your sequence. Like, oh, let's move them sooner or move them down. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, in, in my personal sequence, I really want people to follow me on LinkedIn because I found that's a really interesting channel. So I moved that to my like, I moved that up in my thing. And I moved, I think, Instagram and Facebook off. Number one, I'd say a weekly email is a okay. no-brainer. Number two, this is a probably a minor one, so you can ignore this one. But I really want you to put some article about your headlight versus the other one. Do you have any blog on Weekly? Can you put a blog? Yeah, totally can. I haven't done it. I would put a blog that just compares it because I think people are going to search, see yours and see theirs. And you could just search. It's like, yeah, I bought it and it's a piece of shit. I think I just need that for my own fucking anger. <laughs> But I think people are going to search it. And it's nice that you can actually have a comparison article that people will start finding. Yeah. You have to figure out what you're going to be great at. What are you great at, personally? The process of creating something. That's what I felt like it was. You like that? I did like that. I don't think you're going to be a content machine. So if, remember with Museum Hack and like someone like myself or mm-hmm. other people, I love generating content. I love having the stuff to write about or talk about. Yeah. I don't know if that's maybe where you should spend your time. Because I think when you email me, you're like, how do I become a content site? I think you could probably pick an angle, but I just searched fishing lights. There's a shit ton of articles out there about fishing lights. So here's what, I, what I'm recommending. We're going to come up with this list of different activities. Then what I would personally do is say, well, out of the 400,000 this year, that means each month I have a certain amount I have to hit. Right. What are the activities I'm going to be doing each month to see if they help me hit it or not? Okay. Mm, what I would actually personally do is two separate things. Earlier, we said you got to survey your audience to find out who they are. Mm-hmm. I would actually just go and find out different review sites for hunting and outdoor products and see if you can get them to review your product. Have you already done that? A little bit, not a lot. They have all these people that are going to just like, they want to know the latest product around it and you have the best 180 headlight. I just searched um, fishing lights. What did I search? Yeah, just fishing headlamp. So personally, what I would do with that, it costs you $16. It sounds like you make pretty decent margin on it. I think you can go to the different sites that have reviews and be like, hey, can you review my lamp? I'll, I'd love to send you one. So I would make a list of the different keywords so fishing headlamp, what's the other one? Like hunting? Do you want it for hunting or does that distract uh, the animals? I mean, yeah, hunters. Hunters use it. Hunting would be good. Yeah, so like gearhungry.com has 10 best hunting headlamps in 2019 buyer's guide. There's a bunch of these sites. So I would try to get a few reviews from their sites because I bet you'll drive pretty consistent sales from that. One thing that I asked you, and you said you don't know where people are finding you online. In your survey, you should probably ask people how they found out about you. If you remember the museum hack story, people found out about them because of TripAdvisor and Yelp. Right. And then after that, now we discussed how, well, they go to their company and now you can take the company there. And so I think for you that it's essential to be like, well, who are the people and how are they using it? And then how are those people that you really want finding out about you? The one other thing, I just spent lunch discussing this with like Nick Bear from uh, Bear Performance Nutrition and a few other uh, interesting e-commerce companies. It's so funny because I fucking hate influencers on, on one hand because what is, in, I, I mean, and you know, I don't want to kiss people's ass all day, you know, like, yeah. oh, please, please, can I, can you do this? But what was interesting was like, how do you find people that are small and, and coming up? I'm glad you said it that way because that's exact. I mean, I don't know. I feel like very much that way. I've been contacted by a lot of people that are like, listen, you sent me $2,000 and I'll put you on my Instagram yeah, feed. No. I have a million followers or whatever. Like, well, what, yeah. what Nick was saying, uh, and you guys should all check him out, bearperformancenutrition.com. Guy's dope. I use their products. I like this guy. What he said, which is really interesting, is he focuses on smaller influencers. So YouTube with less than 30,000 or Instagram with smaller audience as well. He specifically looks at like the comments, not about amount of likes, not the emojis, but what are the comments like 
from people's posts. See the engagement of it. Yeah, and he specifically prefers YouTube because YouTube is a search engine and Instagram is not. Very true. So he focuses specifically on YouTube, less than 30,000 people. And then he contacts them on Instagram though. Hmm. Because if you contact them through YouTube, it's just like you go with everywhere else. But Instagram, you have a little bit easier. That is actually really great because I've tried and- On YouTube, It's It's rough. Because you're, well, you have to just to stand out. So YouTube, you have to go through Instagram or potentially their, their personal site. What he does is finds the smaller ones, builds a relationship and is like, hey, I just love to send you my product and, and see what you think of it. There's no strings attached. Yeah. They get the product. They love it because if your product's good, which yours is. Yeah. And you say, hey, I'd love to sponsor you or pay you to do basically a YouTube video, an Instagram post, an Instagram story, and a blog post, if you don't mind. And I'll give you a discount code that you can then give out to your audience, which then you can track to see how well it's done. Totally, yeah. This is what's really funny because everyone who I'm working with, I'm like, what is the question you want answered on on the show? And yours was like, how do I do content? <laughs> because I feel like I'm just wasting an opportunity with this group of people. But I'm also like, my hesitation is I don't want to be the overused, the email that pops up every day that they're like, ah, again, again. Well, you, you haven't done one in three years. I, I know. And it's a so drastic <laughs> over feared. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that I wonder for your site that I would do instantly is install Google Analytics. Do you have it installed? I have it installed and have never... Have you ever looked at it? No. You know what's funny? There's these different businesses like someone like yourself, which is impressive that you're you're doing hundreds of thousands and you haven't really like fully optimized some of this stuff. Because I feel like there's a lot of people who focus so much on the optimization, but they have something that no one's buying. Yeah. And so if you can start learning some of the more optimizations of this stuff, with a product that people want. Yeah. Like that's where something's going to start happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With Google Analytics, just the main thing that personally I would be looking at is like you're going to look at the acquisition. I want to see like what traffic, like where's the traffic coming from? So you can see through acquisition referrals. It'll include Facebook. So Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, contestgirl.com. We're looking at kingsuma.com. So you can look at that. You can look at your social. So it'll show some of your social stuff, see where it's coming from. The other thing that might be interesting is in behavior. There's people that are crazy in Google Analytics. I'm just going to give you like a high level of things to consider is on site content. You don't have many pages, but in site content, you can see where they're going to view on your pages, right? So this is like the articles that are most popular on your site. These are the things that are most popular on your site, but this is where I, I would start. So I would personally, maybe one thing to do for content is have one article related to like who should buy this. What's a search that they're searching for? The best 180 headlight or the brightest, whatever's like the thing that you think is differentiated or unique about your product. Not that you should play in your content strategy, but you should just get that seed planted. Right now, you don't really have a repeatable system of marketing. You're like, I'm on Amazon. It makes the sales. It's kind of working. I'm back in stock. But I want you to be able to create, and and this is what you need is more of a dial that you're like, I need to know what dial I can turn up and then the revenue goes up. Yeah. That's where there's there's still a disconnect in the business. Because there's no dials essentially right now. Well, your dial is be on Amazon. I have a site and somehow I make sales some fucking way, which is awesome. <laughs> I wish I could just put up a site and make money. And so I think it's putting some things in place, which is serving your audience to say who they are, how are they finding you, looking at your goal analytics to get some basic understanding, doing some of the basic marketing activities. The one other marketing activity I, I'd actually like for you to try, and then we'll summarize this stuff uh, and then we'll come back and see how you did, is that I think there might be something with the wholesale only because like really you just send an email to stores yeah. Like, I wonder if being an REI, like, what would being an REI do for your business? I don't know. I do know that I, I did talk to a rep from Costco very early on. And what did they say? The biggest issue with Costco is, and a lot of the big people like that, is that their margins that they demand are so ridiculous that there's nothing left. And it would have required a big lump sum of cash that I'd have to go get, which is not necessarily the worst thing. Mm. But I also know that at any point that they determine they don't want the products, 
they send them all back and I'm responsible to pay them back for the goods. And there was just a lot of risk in it that it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't worth. And I don't know how REI is. I don't know if it's similar, but a big name like that could very well be just similar. Them or Cabela's. Or yeah. Like Bass I mean, Pro. yeah. I, I, that, or I guess it's like how many independent smaller shops are there? There are a lot. I, know, I don't know. Are there? I, I haven't even tried. And like I said, I've had this year actually with wholesale, Ironically, I've done a lot better. Wholesale has been about 30% of this year's stuff. So, I mean, it's increasing. Huh, and so what is it? You said 2019. What's 2019 revenue from? Because you said in 20, that was 2018. 2018 was only 15%. This year is already 30% is wholesale. And then what about Amazon? And Amazon's what's... zero. Amazon's nothing though, thus far. Because I haven't had any product, right? Like, so I've just been able to... I've, and most of the online sales have come from like a pre-order sell because I got the new product in, which was I've modified a few things, made it waterproof, and then just did a pre-sell. And pretty much all of that was over the course of. So almost the entire first four months of the year through April, everything was just shut down. And but how did that happen in the first place? Poor manufacturing. Like I, I two years ago, I should have bailed from this manufacturer, but I was I didn't know. I didn't know where to go. The process of finding another manufacturer. One suggestion is on your website. It doesn't have a, you should just put a link that says wholesale. If you're saying 30% of your revenue has come from wholesale, just put a this link. Year, yeah. Even if your contact, change your contact button to say wholesale. And then people, it'll be more likely. I also think there's some opportunity for you to just send some emails to find similar stores. Be like, hey, I have wholesale. Here's a quote from one of these other stores. Or like the stores you're working with, do they have any referrals? I have that written down from the museum hack one to, to well, ask the customer. Yeah. Already got. So we have about less than 10 minutes. Um, so yeah, right. Also referral. One thing I'm curious about is that you, you do this full time. Yes. So what are you doing all week? Cause I feel like if I was going crazy shit hard on marketing all week, like you could get to this, <laughs> this 400,000 number. Like I'm wondering, what are you doing tomorrow? Like walk me through what's going to happen tomorrow. Okay. Right now, again, Amazon, I'm, I'm writing. I actually had somebody write, help me write some copy and I'm just revising copy, getting pictures together, having pictures edited. A lot of the picture stuff I'm doing myself, I mean, it makes me kind of think of, again, that museum hack one that I'm just doing a lot of this like trivial. You're doing a lot of stupid shit. Man. Yes, that's exactly. It, it, well, to sum it up, a lot of stupid shit. And yeah. Dude, I just, most of my day is stupid shit. So just <laughs> let me just give you some feedback. My, my, my days are mostly stupid shit. But I think what I wonder, and this is something I've done for myself, and I've done it with this uh, guy named Dean who I work with. I asked him, and this is what I did for myself too, is like, write out everything you're going to do this week. Just write it out on Sunday. And so Dean did this, and it was really interesting when he did this recently. He wrote it down, everything he's doing. I was like, all right, Dean, what's high value and what's low value? And he's like, oh, these three things are super high value. These, the rest of this is low value stuff. I was like, all right, everything low value, just don't do. Or let's just not, I don't care if you do it. The high value ones are the ones you should do. If I'm not having product on Amazon and that's 50% of my revenue, I would have flown to China or whatever I need to fly to to make sure I get that product back on Amazon instantly. Yeah. Like how long were you out of Amazon for? Since December. Did you fly to China? No. I mean, why not? Did that cross your mind? It did cross my mind, but I think that the, just evaluating, would it be effective? Ultimately, I was like, I just don't know if it'll be effective. I know it's not a good reason. And I honestly, my wife told me numerous times that exact thing. She's like, you should just get on a plane. And what's the overall theme with that type of mentality or mindset that for yourself and for myself and for the listeners that maybe we can learn from, like legit learn from, not just Tony Robbins say it. Sometimes for me, I guess in my mind, it's like action before too much thought. Or it's too much thought before action? Or? Well, that's what it is now. I think I need to take action before too much thought. Does that make sense? Fuck I, yeah. That's what it is for me. It's too much thought <laughs> and too much thought leads to... Discouragement. Well, there's a lot of reasons why I shouldn't go now versus thought, do it, 
go, right? Like, Dude, it's funny. My girlfriend yesterday was like, no, you need to think more before you speak. <laughs> so I'm the opposite. But there's good and bad to both, I, right? I, totally I mean, agree. that's the thing. But So maybe one thing that would help you with the salmon is do you have someone, and maybe it is your wife, but someone that, that can say like, all right, that can hold you accountable or give you that that level of feedback? I think she's a good person. She tells me all the time and I get super defensive and angry back. But I know that defensiveness, typically, right? You get defensive. It's because you are failing yourself. Yeah. And I realize that. We had a we had a kind of, yeah, conversation two days ago. She's like, pointed out some obvious stuff and I got defensive. Dude, when I did my last ayahuasca experience, like uh, I had this realization that women and hopefully the women you're with, but the woman I'm with, her job to some extent in my relationship and in my life is to help me become a better person. Not her job. It's not like her whole day should be about that. <laughs> but her feedback is to help me be a better man. Yeah. It's still hard for me to hear because even like yesterday, there was some feedback and I was like, oh, this is not to be critical and not to take me down. This is for me to be even stronger and better. Yeah. I guess what, my original thought with that is that either her or someone to hold you accountable and to also be like, hey, you want to make 400000 this year? All right. You know the thing that makes you 50% of your revenue and it's been off for six months? Get off your fucking ass and go do that. So you had a bunch of different ideas. Like, I mean, I'll just summarize a few of them that I, I, we just talked about. Put a blog on your website, get reviewed, get some influencers. We even talk ads. I don't even know if I want you to start ads. Did you have ads before? I, I ran ads for about four months. And I mean, one cell. Because at that time, I, we, I was watching the okay, analytics. Let's, listen, I, it, I, it was, in marketing and in business, the reason I, I started to cut you off, I prefer people that to do the known knowns. So you've already done some of this stuff like you did, you know, Amazon's working for you. Go do fucking more Amazon. Right. You have an email list of people. All right. That's low hanging fruit. You don't, and it doesn't cost you more to right. then send it. So I think one, let's finalize the goal for the year. So that's what I'd like you to come back with. 400,000 seems totally yeah, doable. I think. And I think next year it needs to be a fucking the seven figure shit. Hopefully it can be this year. The most important thing after that goal is your foundational stuff. I think you need to get your Google Analytics there. I think you need to get some understanding of your customers better. So I think Google Analytics reviewing. Number two is the survey. I really want you to do a survey to be like, who are you? Like, are you a hunter, fisher? You can just Google Forms. And then what have you used the like for? So who are you? What are you using it for? And how did you hear about it? You just need some foundational things. The number three thing then is that you need to send an email to your list to sell them a light. We have three weeks until our next chat. I want you to go send them an email selling it. And it can give a discount or not. It could be even a July 4th special. Buy one, get one half off. Do something like that for July 4th. You maybe do it before or after. The other one I want you to do, I want you to do either ask for a referral or email one or two other wholesale accounts. Okay. That was actually going to be the thing I was going to tell you. I'm going to follow up with the, the wholesalers I have and not only ask for a referral, but also I've never even followed up with repeat sales. Okay. The next thing I want you to do is that for the following week, I want you to list out all the things you're going to do in that week. Okay. Before you start the week. Like you can't do shit that's not on that list for next week. Like here's everything I'm doing this week. And literally all week, if it's not on that list, be like, you can't add it and be like, no, it's going to be mad at me. <laughs> no, it's not going to give a shit. But for yourself, like you want to have your own uh, self-discipline. Okay. Because like, look, you're changing your title on Amazon. Like you're not even back. Are, are you back on Amazon? No, what? it's not in stock yet. Yeah. So who cares about the title shit? Just get it there. Clearly right. it's working. Yeah. The Amazon thing, I think just getting back on. Is there any other sites like Amazon for outdoor gear? Oh, Huckberry. Have you been on Huckberry? I haven't. Huckberry. These guys are dope. Yeah, it's uh, basically outdoor gear for dudes. But they also, it's kind of like AppSumo where they have like deals on some of the products. Oh, okay. I think you should definitely do something oh, with yeah. them. I think that'd be okay. cool. I think in, within four weeks, do that shit. If you don't see the needle move, then I would give up. <laughs> <laughs> Just this plateau is done. <laughs> Just give up. <laughs> so yeah, you've done easy selling. You had no Amazon? No Amazon. No. Fuck, man. That's awesome. And that's the thing. I, I do feel like the email 
I mean, the group of people, the customers that have bought have been very amazing, super supportive all along. Most of those sales were from a, a pre-sell. Like I said, I, I've been out of stock and I, I emailed them in mid-April and just said, hey, got a new product coming in. It's got these improvements. And most of those sales are from just the last month. Do you want to try to do one influencer for your light thing within the next four weeks? Like find someone within any of these categories? Yeah, I do. On YouTube. And yeah. contact them not on YouTube. I love that. Yeah, that was Nick Bear, dude. That wasn't me. That's no, that's huge. I gotta. I think that's part of the interesting thing with business is that there's so many different things. There's really endless things to do, and so figuring out what things is really the most most effective. Yep, yeah, I agree with that. Sometimes all those endless things too. I feel like I don't do anything. I think that's where I'd also finish this up with. You know, you have me during this brief moment. Yeah. But I would try to figure out either with your wife or some type of person. So I have different people in my life that hold me accountable. Like even with AppSumo, we have a board meeting. So like every quarter now, it's like Eamon has to come and say, here's where I'm going and here's the things I'm doing. And then there's feedback around it. And, so regular and, checkup and. Yeah. So I think with your wife, you should, if you're, if that. It's up to you guys, but if it's her, it should be like a monthly check-in, like, hey, here's my progress towards our goal. It's interesting to think if you had someone like uh, like the CEO of like Yeti or, you know, 5.11 or any of these like mega brands, they're literally started just like you, but they've just gone more hardcore about it. Yeah. This is not meant as an insult, but you are treating this like an amateur. And I think if you treat it like a professional, the fact that you're treating it like this and it's already doing so well, yeah. if you treat it more professional, which is like eventually bringing on an advertising like agency or expert to come in and do, figure out someone with Amazon to come in, yeah. you maybe spend time on the product line while you have people doing the, you know, some of the more fundamental things we're talking about. Why are you on Weebly instead of Shopify, by the way? Honestly, I read it was a Tim Ferriss thing. He said, hey, Wheelie's a good place to build an easy website. And that was Fuck, man. that long ago. And I've just stayed on it. And I I mean, Tim's an advisor to Shopify. That's funny. I know. But this was before all that, right? This is like 2007. And I just haven't changed because it's working. I wouldn't sweat that. I think you that's something that I don't know if Shopify is even better than you in the Weebly. I'm just making people I've make looked, assumptions. I've looked and I just haven't seen enough reason to totally. make the change. I'm, I'm not sweating that. I'm just sweating more treating it professionally in the different aspects. So email marketing is a key thing. Like one thing that might be helpful for you is like, who are two outdoor products that you admire not related to lights osprey backpacks all right who's another one the black diamond or what was the other one slip my mind but headlamps okay. yeah okay black we'll diamond two. osprey so yeah. what i would recommend is do you are you on their newsletter black diamond not osprey so go sign up for both their newsletters okay and then i would recommend going and just studying their either a going to linkedin and finding someone that works in their marketing team just to talk with them those guys will be like oh wow you're starting out you're cute i'd love to talk with you yeah or b just go studying their marketing i think you'll start seeing like holy shit they're running ads I'm getting mm -hmm. this email stuff. I see him do promotions in REI. I see him do promotions on Amazon. These guys are professional, super professional, way bigger than, than our companies, both of ours. So you can see what they're doing and say, all right, well, how can I replicate? Yeah. All right. No, I got to get rocking. Ammon180light.com. Everyone check it out. I appreciate it. I'm wearing it. it the whole interview. Yeah. The whole you conversation. Did. You really did it. <laughs> all right. So we're going to come back in four weeks. What exactly are you going to do just to, to summarize? Okay. Summarize it up. Um, the email, going to send out an email uh, to that list. The influencer, connect with at least one influencer, try to get a review through YouTube. Get my stuff on Amazon. I mean, that's, I guess, kind of an obvious one, but that's there. Write everything down for the week. Don't do anything except for what is on my list for the week. Have a regular check-in for progress and accountability. And I mean, those are the big ones. Okay. Yeah, to me, I think sending the email is going to be big. Getting back on Amazon's big. Emailing some wholesalers and potentially Emailing, almost, that's what's uh, the influencer one. I think it's, I don't know, that one's not as immediate. Okay. So I would push that one further down. Okay. Wholesalers is a little bit more immediate. Mm-hmm. And then the review sites, I would probably try a few, like one or two review sites be like, hey, can you leave a review? Okay. Or can I give you a like product? Like the Huckberry. And Huckberry is a deal site. I think Huckberry, Huckberry is instant. 
Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Huckberry would be great. Okay. But I was thinking more like fishing headlamps, search Google, and there's a bunch of sites that review it and stuff okay. on that. Okay. You're going to come back. We're going to learn a ton of shit. I think that you're going to come back and be like, all that, none of that worked. But you learn, right? Yeah. And then we could figure out, you know, okay, let's just double down on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> then you know, I guess. All right, dog. It's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming by. I appreciate it, man. That's a wrap. I hope you liked the episode as much as I did. If you did, go check out 180light.com. That's O-N-E-8-0-L-I-G-H-T.com. Next, text a friend you love them. Yo, dog, let's go camping together. And before you go, let me know what you thought of the episode by emailing podcast at okdork.com. I love hearing from 90% of you. Also, remember to go check out the cool kingsumo.com tool, free software to run viral giveaways to grow your business. That's kingsumo.com. And as final special thanks, as always, to Jason at podcasttech.com for making these podcasts sound perfect. And thanks to our dork team of Dean, Sean, and David. And a special shout out to Ashley at Sumo for always being so damn positive and an amazing salesperson. What's your favorite credit card? <laughs> <laughs>